All right. Hello and welcome just to family. This is giving you something to talk about or just a live TV as I like to call it. I'm your host, Melissa Kretschler. Today we're going to be talking about mental health in the music industry. I'm very excited for this topic. It's one of the reasons I started coaching in the first place. So absolutely, let's get into this. Our sponsor today is a Phoenix Identity. Uh, if you want a rock solid understanding of your own emotional and mental health, not just a textbook answer, but specific and unique to you, uh, go and set up a clarity session with Phoenix Identity. Link in the description. If at any time you want to get involved in this conversation, please feel free to join in, in the conversation, type in the comments, ask any questions. Um, whether you were live or you're catching the replay, either one, uh, get involved and ask away. I'm going to hand it over to our guest speaker. Would you like to introduce yourself, Kiara? Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Kiara Letizia. I'm a rock singer, artist manager, and coach. I've been doing this for close to 20 years now. And uh, I'm, I'm a huge mental health advocate as well because I've been suffering from depression and panic attacks since I was 18 um survived uh depression and uh still handling panic attacks but uh, panic attacks but it's part of my daily life and i noticed that mental health is not taken care of too seriously in the music industry well in many industry but especially in music industry and um and i'm trying you know to do my best and and what i can to uh, help out and uh, and do what i can yeah Absolutely. And that's commendable. Um, we all should be doing our part in helping out in whatever way we can with mental health. Mental health, um, and this is not a dig towards the mental health professionals out there of today's age, but I think it's outdated. Um, and I've said it a lot in, in the podcast, in the talk show, in my own uh, everyday life, that mental health teachings are outdated. Uh, we are not living a current, more modern model of what mental health should look like uh, or could look like. So I want to tell everybody my story really quickly on why I started coaching. Um, and this isn't a promo. This is literally just it goes hand in hand with what we're talking about today. So I'm fixing my chair right now. Um, when I first started coaching, my oldest son, who is now 21 this year, um, was going through issues. He was about 13 at the time and he was going through some issues i was going through some issues um and i had gone out and i started uh i was doing a spiritual convention and i was doing readings and and inspiring content at that and i had a couple other young girls who were roughly about the same age as my as my son at the time come up to me for a reading and were left crying by the end of the reading and i had gone back it was a three-day event um, and I had gone back and I literally pulled over on the side of the highway. It took me about 45 minutes to get there. I pulled over and I still have the video on my Facebook. I pulled over and I did a Facebook live and I talked about, you know, it was that moment, that aha moment for me that I was meant to be a teacher. I was meant to teach people how to love themselves, how to love their lives, how to be happy and healthy. And at that time, two of my favorite musicians had committed suicide. Um, so I was very much uh, in love with uh, Chris Cornell and Chester Bedingfield. So when they committed suicide, I was devastated. Uh, and I didn't know them personally. I was just a very big fan. Um, and during that time, I was starting to realize what the mental health system was, was struggling with and what individuals were struggling with. So at that time, 
I thought to myself, why? Why would they be in a position to make that choice? What would be most of us who aren't in the uh, musical industry or even the professional industry that is so large and so in your face, right? Um, have this idea that if somebody walks up to you or if you see a musician or an actress or somebody really high profile, and I'm going to you know, Courtney Kardashian, because at the time she had made a comment on one of their episodes that, you know, I have everything, but I'm not happy. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it really got me thinking, what is that? We as everyday people, if you're a nine to fiver, if you're just somebody who's not in that high profile position, if you look at somebody and they say, I'm not happy, you're going to go, but you have everything. You have money. You have this, you have that. We situate, we situationally shame people who have mm-hmm. what we don't, right? True. That's, yeah. not, that's not good for anybody's mental health. So if somebody high profile in the music industry says, I'm depressed, I'm not happy, uh, you know, I struggle with panic attacks or this or that, most people are going to turn around and go, but you don't, you know, you're not being cheated on or, but you have money, you can get it dealt with or that's that's not okay so they don't say anything and they don't get help yeah well that should make us think you know instead of saying like you know they're high profile they're super famous but they have you know mental health issues and depression i would probably change that but with like they have everything or at least everything that we think you know they they have we're always you know we're human human beings we're always going to lack something or feel that we lack something so probably we should reword it and say they're high profiles profile and they have you know depression so meaning that it's it doesn't matter you can be super rich super famous depression and anxiety uh eating disorders, you know, it doesn't really matter if what your job is, you know, you can be totally accomplished even in your, in your love life and still be depressed. So, and, and, and that goes back into childhood, childhood trauma, dealing with that, getting help, not be being ashamed to ask for help. You know, something that happened to me, I was 18. Um, it was not really, you know, panic attacks. I, that's the first time that I had a panic attack. I heard the word panic attack. Like, what is it? Everyone, even my parents thought I was crazy. Oh, yeah, maybe, you know, she doesn't want. And I was not. So it took me so many years to get out of that shame thing, you know, that if I go look for help, I didn't even know that I needed help, you know, that you can go to a doctor because a shrink is a doctor for our head. You know, if we break a bone, we go to a doctor. So if there's something that doesn't feel right in our head, why shouldn't we go to a doctor? So it's about breaking the stigma. It's about, first of all, realizing that we have something, not being ashamed and not putting a stigma on ourselves, but also on someone else. They can be, you know, Kim Kardashian or anyone. Cause that it's always the judgment that we have the tendency of having, we're human beings. It's okay, but we shouldn't let judgment define ourselves and define someone else. And also, but also, cause seriously, we don't know what goes on in their lives. 
Yeah. It really, we really don't know. You look at, you know, and and I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but I'm going to a little bit is how many high profile suicides do we hear about, right? We hear about the high profile ones because the people doing it are high profile. That doesn't make them more important. That doesn't make anybody else less important. They're just high profile. So it's like, bam, in your face, right? It's like, oh my goodness, Kate Spade, um, Robin Williams. There are so many high, pro- high profile individuals who have taken their own lives. Why? Mental health, right? It all comes down to mental health. Now, one of the things that I, that I work with on, on my end is when you're born, you're, you're whoever you are, right? You're, you're this individual. And as you're growing up, it's hard when you become a teen, that's when you're starting to realize who you are, you're starting to recognize your identity. But then you've got people going, oh, no, you know, that you shouldn't be like that, or you shouldn't express yourself that way, or you can never be an artist, because you'll be starving for the rest of your life, whatever that looks like, right, we have all of the peer pressure, all of the input and expectations of society, parents, peers, all of that. So our identity doesn't get formed based on necessarily who we think we are, but who everybody else thinks we are. And as we get higher up, so I go from being Melissa to Tom's wife. Then I'm this person's yes. mom, right? I'm yes. Bella's mom, Haley's mom, uh, right? I'm, I'm the mom to all of these children now. I'm not Melissa anymore, right? And we forget who we are. So you think about somebody who is in a very high demanding position, whether that be a nine to five, whether that be music, whether, you know, today we're talking specifically about music, but if you are in a high demanding career or even just of the, of the mindset that your career needs to have your hundred percent focus all the time, you're going to lose yourself in that, right? Then if you are in a high profile position where everybody sees your face and you have to have this persona or, you know, this, this professional aspect of your, that everybody else is going to see, um, you kind of lean more into that, right? And everybody's questioning everything that you do. Everybody's questioning who you are. You know, if you go out and buy a a Starbucks, they're going to be like, why are you spending so much money on Starbucks? Oh my God, they love Starbucks, right? You have to be careful of everything that you do say, think, or feel when you're in the spotlight. That screws with your mental health so much that you don't ever express who you are because you're worried about what everybody else is going to think. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And you know, what hit home here was when you mentioned, you know, about becoming a wife, becoming a mother, becoming someone to someone else. You know, we have this definition of ourselves. And instead of myself being Kiara, I'm Kiara, rock singer, artist, manager, and coach, you know, but it's fine. It's what, it's what I do. But at the same time, uh, who are you? Who is Kiara, you know, deep down? So I'm not, yeah, I, I'm someone's sister, I'm someone's girlfriend, I'm some I'm something to someone, but who am I? You know, and I'm not a rock singer, I'm not an artist manager, I am a person. So if I if we should define ourselves, maybe we should start with, I don't know, determined, sensitive. You know, I am Kiara and I am sensitive, determined, 
whatever it is that we feel that we are and start from there because then and it, absolutely you're right you know you lose a little bit of your identity but at the same time we behave in the way that we think society wants us to behave Mm-hmm. And so whatever, whatever that means, you know, and if someone doesn't behave the same way, then there's something wrong with them, then maybe they're not good mothers, or maybe they're not. And there's so many ways, for instance, because you mentioned mother, there's so many ways of being a good mother, or so many ways of being a good girlfriend or wife or something. But it, but it is what it, it's close to our heart, you know, because if then we forget, and we just pretend to be almost like a character you know some someone that we're not then we really lose ourselves and while losing ourselves it's not just about losing ourselves but it's about not finding ourselves being lost that's what happened to me you know I I had to go through years of therapy to to understand that I was not being myself I was pretending to be the and, and pretending to play the role that my parents wanted me to be. The good girl, great grades, you know, great in school. And then when I started college and I was not doing so great, I lost myself. Yeah. Because then you're like, then you're a screw up. But then you're like, no, I'm not. You know, maybe because I was so good or I just went into some studies that I didn't care for. It could be it, you know, and then I wasn't happy and then panic attacks and then you're more unhappy because of panic attacks and et cetera, et cetera. Then you don't, the vicious cycle. Yeah. Then you don't seek for help because if you ask for help, then you're crazy. If you go to a psychologist, you're crazy. Um, It's, it's, it's overwhelming even, even to talk about it. And, and in the music industry, because of course, when we think about the music industry, we think of high profiles, you know, you mentioned Chris Cornell, Chester Bennington, and, and I was a huge, huge fan. I still am a huge fan of both. And when I was, when, when Chester committed suicide, I was in Phoenix, he's from Phoenix. And I remember because it's always been a great role for me, you know, if he can do it, you know, because I, I know he's been through depression, etc. Like if he can do it, so can I. So I almost went into a crisis when that happened to him because I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, this can happen. And then rethinking mental health and talking with the artists that I manage and I work with, like, guys, if you need some days off, you know, just let's talk about it. I'm not going to be the manager that pushes you to the limit just to sell more because in the end, I'm going to lose you as a person and I don't care how much money you make or I make if, if the person isn't doing well, you know, because of course there's suicide, but there's also not doing well and not be being able to have a good life. You know, of course we all, we all have, highs and lows but it's one thing to have highs and lows and it's one thing to be really in that place that you hit rock bottom you know and then uh when you don't see if i had to tell someone how depression is you know what what does it feel i would say the colors for me they were not the same i didn't see the colors as bright as I see them now. So it's really, it goes into the physical. It's not just the mental. Oh, absolutely. So 
people don't realize just how impactful your mental health is on your energy on your physical being on your your body your everything everything's impacted right and it starts with the mental and emotional and if you can't control the mental and emotional so there was something you mentioned and i wanted to jump into that is you know uh it's not just suicide right suicide is the end all but there's also the addiction so how many the the rock star lifestyle how many people in the music industry or even the the tv and and movie industry are you seeing that turn to drugs and alcohol and sex there is a reason too Too many too many what ends up happening is the addiction so any type of addiction so whether it is addiction to sex drugs alcohol uh, a certain way of being a lifestyle doesn't matter If you have an addiction, that addiction is created by a need to replace or remove an emotion. You are trying to feel a certain way or you are trying to remove feeling a certain way. A lot of the times we self-harm because we can't handle what we're feeling, right? So again, we remove it. Yeah, but and there's also another thing, the industry, the music industry, the entertainment industry itself wants you a certain way. Mm-hmm. I remember, um, so I never did drugs, never it was not my thing. I guess my both like my parents and grandparents scare me to death about you know getting an addiction, so never touched it, which isn't usual, you know, rock star because I've always been like a rock singer, rock and metal singer, so that's what you think, you know, and no alcohol. I mean, as of today, I maybe drink a glass of wine with friends. Or maybe a little bit more, but it's not, it's not my thing. And it has to be something that I like, you know, it's like eating, you know, a nice chocolate. I have to like it. I just don't do it to, you know, just um, get high or, or, or something. Uh, but can you imagine like myself in my twenties in the rock and metal scene, not drinking, yeah. you know, let alone do drugs. I've been made fun of so many times so many times oh you're not drinking loser here loser there i have no idea how i managed to do it i've always saying no i've been offered drugs i've always said no now i don't want to put myself on like a pedestal at all that it's not what i'm doing but what i'm doing is the end trying to, to explain is the industry wanted me to play the rock star role so we're coming back to what you mentioned a role Mm-hmm. You know, uh, um, I'm not a sister, a mother. Now I'm, a, I'm the rock star and the rock star has to drink at least smoke. You know, I was doing none of them. I have no tattoos. How come, you know, a metal singer has no tattoos, but that's a stereotype. Yeah. And, I, and that's why I've been, I've, I've been speaking and I speak in any way I can to make sure that people feel comfortable in their own skin you know if they like tattoos of course just go ahead and do it if you want to drink I don't encourage people to drink excessively but if you want to drink do it for the pleasure of doing it I recommend doing that to a certain point um but don't do it because otherwise everyone is going to point a finger at you and just you're going to feel an outcast because then you're going to you're going to start a, 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 a circle that it, it's always going to bring more pain. 
Because also something that all professionals talk about is that drugs and alcohol bring more depression and anxiety. So it seems that they cure all of that, but it's so temporary. And then when the high end uh, of it, you know, the high effect, the, 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 yeah, the, super, the yeah, when it wears off, it, it's, it, you feel even worse. And then you feel that you need more of that to get, to get on with your life. And there's so many, um, I'm glad that I'm seeing more and more music musicians getting sober because they've been through it, you know, and they realize like, you know what? Okay. I've done it. I, I was young. I, I messed up, but now I really want to take care of my health of my mental health. Um, it's, but it's so important, you know, of not feeling that we in the music industry have to play a role. Still, as of today, I, I, I get asked, you know, like, how come you don't drink? Like, it's not that I don't drink. Maybe tonight I don't feel like it. You know, maybe tomorrow I'm going to drink a glass of wine with my dinner. I don't have to, you know, and I don't have to drink to make you happy about the vision that you have of me. I'm not going to do that. And I encourage everyone listening to, to do the same. Don't be scared, you know, especially younger generations. Mm -hmm. Don't be scared to speak up and just say, no, it doesn't feel right for me. Who cares? Um, I've never been a uh, huge alcohol. Don't get me wrong. I've been drunk. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I've been drunk, right? I was young and I experimented, but drinking was never something that I was really, really into. Um, I have been addicted to drugs. Absolutely. I was addicted to drugs, um, in my early twenties, uh, late teens. And I know what the, I know, I know what the feeling is. Right. And I know for me, it was the confidence boost. It was the, you know, the comfort and yeah, it was absolutely, I was trying to feed something. Um, one of the things, uh, that I also wanted to mention about identity, cause that is my bread and butter. <laughs> I'm an identity coach is if you are feeling like you don't know who you are. So anybody watching or catching the replay, if you feel like you don't know who you are, ask yourself this question, who are you, right? Pretend that I'm asking you this question, who are you? If all you tell me are your roles and your titles, then you don't truly know who you are. You are not your roles and titles. While those are a part of us, those are things that we absolutely love and adore. I am absolutely a wife and mother, and I love that I'm a wife and mother, but that's not who I am. Those are things that I have become, things that I have subscribed to, but they are not me. I am Melissa. I am passionate about changing lives. I am a crazy cat lady um, because I would rather live with my cats than anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> right? but it goes to your emotions it goes to your beliefs it goes to your likes and your dislikes your desires and your wants and your needs and that makes up who you are no two people think exactly alike no two people need the same things no two people are going to have everything the same if I say hey my name's Melissa I'm a wife and a mother how many other Melissa's are wives and mothers out there hundreds if not thousands yeah. upon yeah, thousands, right I'm not that's that doesn't make me uniquely me that doesn't make me there is literally so my maiden name there is literally another Melissa with my maiden name in Canada <laughs> that I know of um there's at least one right and even 
first name, middle name, last name, right? Uh, I'm unique now. There is no other Melissa Kretschlers in all of the world. Uh, so I am unique in that. And I love it because it makes me feel unique. It makes, you know, I hated my maiden name. <laughs> um, but it is your, your identity is not tied up in being a rock star. That is something you enjoy yeah. and love doing, but it's not who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not who you are, but seriously. And, and, and you, you said it right. It, it's like, if you attach yourself, like, okay, I am Kiara, I am a rock singer, this and that, then I don't know who I am. You know, if I don't truly know myself. And then once, and, and I did the same, I started asking myself these questions. You know, you start asking yourself these questions, like, who am I? Okay, let's start. I don't know. Okay, let's start from what do I like? Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, I like music. I like movies. I like, and I think, you know, we, we can start from there. And then you can, you know, I don't know, just write it down on a piece of paper and then you can go deeper uh, once you find out what you like. And then what type of people do you like to hang out with? You know, what, and then you, you find out about more about who you are, what you like to do. And then, which is, maybe it's the same thing about your job, you know, what you do, but it could also be something different or, and that maybe it is a way of, discovering that okay maybe you're not doing the job that you're supposed to do maybe or maybe you're doing a job that you're supposed to do but still you're someone else yeah um one of the things absolutely i wanted to jump in there for anybody who asks yourself that question and if your answer is i don't know what i like there's nothing wrong with that start by writing down what you don't like i have talked to my own children about this my husband my loved ones and I have said, the things that you don't like are the things that show you what you do like, right? Yeah. Start there. If you if you can't start anywhere else, start there because you absolutely know what you don't like. Oh Whether yeah. That be if you don't like beer, if you don't like wine, if you don't like sitting in the sand because it irritates your butt cheeks, whatever, you know, <laughs> it's like. <laughs> You have to have fun with it. If you don't like something, that's a valid thing about you. If you don't like it, right? I can't stand mushrooms. Leave unless they're magical. Oh, I love them. <laughs> My <laughs> husband loves mushrooms. I can't stand mushrooms. I will not eat them. I can't even stand the smell of mushrooms. Um, I will make them for him, but I don't like them, right? Um, my husband likes calamari. I don't like calamari. Well, will I kiss him after he eats it? Absolutely. But I don't like it. I'm not going to eat it. So it's finding, you know, people think that what we don't like, what, you know, the negatives, those are important. Stop hiding from them. There are going to be negative experiences for anybody. Nobody. It doesn't matter how high profile, how rich, how, how, you know, successful you think somebody is, they have issues. There are negativity in their life they are not safe from it start accepting and acknowledging that and I don't mean accept it by going oh this is just the way it is no accept it and say you know I really don't like doing that I'm not doing this anymore and change it yeah absolutely absolutely and and you're you're totally right and and um it it takes a long time 
you know, sometimes. And, and I encourage, you know, people to be patient because I probably answer they're not going to come right away. But it's the path of self-discovery. It's a fascinating one, you know, and, and, and the more you find out about yourself, the more you want to know about yourself. And I what I believe is that probably we're, we're never going to fully discover ourselves ever. You know, it's part of our journey, whether we're 40, 50, 60, 90. There's still stuff that we don't know. And also we're changing. We're, we're changing human human beings. You know, we're never going to be exactly the same. Our cells renew each day practically. So how can we expect to be exactly the same two years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now? It's part of, it's part of growing. You know, I'm not the same person I was two years ago. I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago, God forbid. <laughs> but it, it, it's, but it was going on on a path of, you know, and in a way I'm grateful. So if there's one more than one great things about panic attacks and my anxiety, it was that it helped me go deeper into myself, realize like, Hey, you know what, Kiara, I'm sorry. You have an issue, probably more than one. What are you going to do about it? And so from there, it, I mean, it sounds simple. Of course it's not, but from there, you kind of dissect parts of you and and start letting go of the baggage that you don't need. And maybe sometimes that baggage, you're like, you know what? I'm going to take a little bit of that baggage back again because maybe I need it, but then I don't anymore. Okay, you don't serve me anymore. So it mental health and, and our our brain is trying to tell us things. And sometimes if we don't listen, if we, you know, just hide ourselves, then the, what it's, what's going to happen is it's going to tell us the hard way, panic attacks, depression, it, it, it's going to come out somehow because we have to acknowledge that. So I, I do encourage people to look for help and definitely don't be ashamed, but also don't think there's something wrong with them. It's just that probably they, they have been maybe even pretending that everything was right. Mm -hmm. That was my case as well. You know, I was pretending my life was perfect. I was great in school. I had friends. I had a family. Okay, perfect. Well, I don't know. Then something happened. And um, what do you do? You know, you acknowledge it and you just say like, okay, yeah, this is my mind telling me. Yeah. As soon as you said that, that's, that's the one word that was replaying in my brain. When you start to acknowledge something, you take the power away from it, mm -hmm. right? When, if you're feeling down and you're feeling depressed, you're feeling panic or anxiety, you know, it controls you when you hide from it. You can, it, it controls your actions because you're not talking about it. You're not getting help for it. You're not doing anything, but trying to avoid it. That's giving it power. When you say, I have panic, I have anxiety, I have depression, I have bipolar, or I have schizophrenia, whatever you have going on, big or small, acknowledge it. When you acknowledge it, you take your power back. And that's, yeah. I think, the first step is acknowledging it. We need to start as a society, as a whole, as individuals, we need to start acknowledging that shit happens. I'm sorry, shit happens. And 
you know, everybody is going to be impacted by it in one way or another, everybody differently. And if you start to own it and you start to take control of it, that's when it actually starts to change. Um, I taught my husband, uh, I taught my husband the rock star method, which is something I created. And I love that we're talking about rock stars because it's perfect. Um, And what it is, is how to control your emotions. We get really caught up in our emotions. Like I said, they start to control us, right? Because we're trying to avoid them. We're trying to hide them. We're trying to ignore that they're not even there. Um, and, And we give them our power. When we start to control our emotions, the R in there is recognized. It's recognized what you're feeling. If you're feeling angry, hey, I'm angry. I've just recognized that I'm angry, right? I'm hyper as hell right now. I'm all excited. Um, And, you know, whatever that looks like, recognize how you feel. That is literally the number one first step is recognizing how you feel and acknowledging it and saying, this is, this is how it is right now. Absolutely. Yes. Agree hundred percent. All right. Um, sorry if I was looking down, uh, your shirt actually gave me inspiration for a shirt, a very empowering shirt. Um, (laughs) with my, my vulgar cursing, uh, products We're we're not going to get into that, but, um, it's don't you dare effing give up. I, I, (laughs) I put that in there. Um, so is there anything else you'd like to add before we get going? Well, um, not really. Well, probably what my shirt says, you know, it's it, it, seriously, whether someone is, is suffering from depression, anxiety, any, any issue, mental, physical as well. Uh, don't give up seriously and look for help. Yeah. It doesn't matter what your family says. If they say like, you're crazy, it doesn't really matter. Look for help. And also there are many, because a lot of people don't look for help because they think it's expensive. Sometimes it is, you know, like going to a psychologist is, is expensive, but there's also alternatives uh, in, in at least, well, I'm, I'm in Europe. So in Europe, I know there are some alternatives that are totally free. I'm sure there's stuff in in Canada and the U.S. as well, that it's free. Sometimes even talking to a friend, you know, reach out to people. Don't be scared of people judging you because it's, if they judge you, it's it's their issue. Yeah, it's them. It's not your own. Yep. Um, I'd like to add on that. It is, it is them. If somebody has an opinion of something, it is a hundred percent them. It has literally nothing to do with you. It is their opinion of what you're going through or anything. It's nothing to do with you. And when we start to realize that, it's life-changing. And then I can't remember what else I was going to say. So we'll just leave it at that. Oh, um, when you, like I had already said, when you start to take control, think about how much strength, how much power, how much, how strong you are to number one, be going through what you're going through. And number two, to ask for help. It is, it takes more strength to ask for help than it does to stay stuck. Absolutely. Absolutely. It takes less effort to get that help than it does to stay stuck. 
That's, that's, it's, if you stay stuck wherever it is that you are at, whether it's depression, whether it's anxiety, whether it's panic, if you're staying stuck in that moment, that is more draining, more exhausting, and it's not going to change unless you take those steps. So, all right. Um, I hope this inspired anybody watching or listening, because that is the purpose of it. There is no shame. There is no blame. There is no guilt wherever you are, whatever you're doing, however you're feeling, just put yourself first and ask for help because that's on you. Um, thank you so much, Kara, for joining me today. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. If anybody would like to get in touch with Kiara, you can do so. Her links are in the description of this episode. Of course, you can find her at her website, Facebook or Instagram, all, like I said, linked below. Go and check it out. Um, follow her, get in touch and learn more about what she does and her journey through um, all of the stuff that she's got. She's got her book. She's got some other stuff. So go and check that out. Um, go and check out our sponsor, A Phoenix Identity. And get in touch with yourself, build yourself a rock star, rock star, a rock solid foundation uh, where you can feel like yourself again, because that is the goal and the purpose. All right. Uh, lots of love. If you would like to be a guest speaker, blogger, sponsor, or if you'd like to see a topic featured on the show, please reach out to us at justalivetv.com. Um, like, follow, and share. Get involved in the conversation. And can you imagine what the world would be like if we could change it? one conversation at a time. So lots of love. See you on the next episode. Bye.